You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. My transformation into an old man has almost been completed, Taylor. Um, I don't know if you remember when I talked about seeing Mean Girls a couple weeks ago, I talked about how there was a lot of whispering and talking in the theater. No, you didn't talk about that. No? Okay, so I meant to talk about this. I was wondering if I didn't talk about it, and that's why I've been festering. But I've been festering with these thoughts for weeks, and I'm (laughs) I'm actually really upset about it. You mainly (laughs) talked about... In terms of audience, you talked about how it was like mostly people our age. That's what you said about the audience. Yes. That was the only thing. You didn't mention the yes. whispering. No, <laughs> and I don't think it was a generational thing of the whispering. I think it was just bad theater etiquette. There right. were there were three separate times that I almost said something. But so where I was sitting in this particular theater... There's like the big rows together, but then there's like a bunch of side seats of two. Right. And I was seat I was sitting on the side. So it would have been me just like yelling across the theater, which wouldn't have obviously made anything better. Yes, but I but three times it it I almost got there where I'm just I, I'm like, I don't care about your commentary about this right now. Or okay, if you're just the I don't know. Let's dive into this, Mike. I have thoughts and feelings. Typically, 100%, I'm with you. Movie talkers, like, p- come on. I-, I will I will say I've been guilty of the, the ongoing commentary. I-, I have been guilty of that. But by and large, I will say, leave your comments and what have you at the door. I, I don't like movie talkers. I'm fine but- if people laugh. And I'm fine if, if people like, oh, that was crazy, like react naturally. Right. But conversation is different than yeah. those instantaneous reactions but mike this is okay this is where the i throw in a a caveat um genre movies sometimes elicit different reactions and different audience participation this movie is strange because people didn't know it was a musical however if people went in thinking it was a musical like no sorry knowing it was a musical and knowing it's an adaptation of an iconic movie, are you a little bit more forgiving? So, like, I think of, like, certain movies, audience participation isn't bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or I think like, the, the ultimate example is, is the, room. Uh, the Room. Or um, um, screenings of Mamma Mia. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, sing-alongs. I think this is too new. It's too new for people to be... Yes. Or, yes. Were they it's not, not even. Were they just like be, singing along? No, they weren't singing along. Just because it's a musical doesn't mean I want to hear your voice. That's number one. Yeah. Um, and Rocky Horror and The Room and Mamma Mia and like when they do like sing alongy things, they usually advertise it as such. Yeah. This was just yeah. the release of a movie, so I don't. Yeah, like Bye-bye. it doesn't. I yeah, I don't really care what the content is. Keep your mouth shut. 
And then if you want to go to the sing, like I'm sure they will do like, oh, Mean Girls sing along night or whatever. Or Fine. quote it. I've seen even like quote it night. No problem. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I'll even join you. I'll go to those things, but not when the context to me matters. And when you're there to just watch a movie, it matters. And you know what, Taylor, I was wondering, why is this bothering me so much? And I think it's because we didn't talk about it. And I think subconsciously, I need to get off my chest. Yeah, I thought we did talk about this. And I'm wondering why I've been thinking about it for weeks and weeks. And that's why I thought like, (laughs) oh, I'm just a cranky old man now. No, no, I didn't use my outlet as I'm supposed to. It really bothers me. It really bothers me when people talk and commentate and discuss and carry on conversations in movies. Now, I'm a little bit better than I used to be. When I when I was younger, in my 20s, and taking groups of 15 people to see movies and telling them to be quiet, if someone spoke to me, I would be mad at them. Right. And I would tell them, like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know what your question, unless someone's dying, I don't care. But now when someone speaks to me, like if I go with to the movies with someone or in a group and they talk to me, I'm just like, mm-hmm, and then just move on. Like I keep my mouth shut. I don't say anything. You're I just not continue. Rude about it. No, sometimes I'll, maybe I'll do the, the, the finger shush, you know? Right. Finger to the lips, which like, you know, trying to watch the movie child. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm a little, I don't, I don't embarrass anyone. I don't get mad at anyone. I don't scream and yell at anyone. All I want to do is go to the movie theater, sit down, watch the movie, and then leave. Like, that's that's what I want. Other people want to go there, carry on a social conversation, discuss the movie in full detail while the movie's happening, and then they, they leave the theater thinking they have an opinion on it. But no, you didn't watch it. You got to watch I the do, movie to have an opinion. I do agree. Like, me just kind of, like, throwing in that genre question. I, I will just to kind of, you know see where you you stand on that i i do agree with you it's a new movie it's not a sing-along version like you don't need to carry on a conversation i will allow like one or two remarks before i start getting annoyed but it's like when i went to go see barbie and it was like a mom and a daughter beside me and the daughter the movie was not age appropriate for the daughter and she kept asking her mom to like explain the joke like that was that was torture that was brutal for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah people asking what's going on um is is always something that save it and look at the wikipedia page when you get home like the rest of us humans yeah Um, like or or like just try to absorb the movie i I, like i don't know (laughs) how to help people in certain situations where it's where it's just yeah you might have questions you might be confused but that's why after the movie you kind of can talk about it like that's the idea I think those questions are fine if you're watching at home, but you're in a public setting. Yeah, I don't care what people do at home. Absolutely. Don't even watch the movie at home if you want to. I, I, it, doesn't ma- it doesn't matter to me what you do, but when you're in public, yeah, I think there's an etiquette. I paid money. I paid money to be yeah, here. You and, paid money to be here. And, and every time anyone gets mad at anyone these days, everyone just throws things in their face like, okay, this person or oh, boomer or whatever. And frankly, some of it's well-deserved because people are ridiculous. When you're in public, you have to realize you're not the only person there. And I think we're losing a little bit of that. So, yeah, we so lack self-awareness. I think it was already bad before the pandemic, but us being sequestered in our houses, we really just don't know how to be in public anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, which which to me doesn't make any sense at all. Like that's How did you lose all your social yeah like, social skills. I understand some things change, but I don't know. At the end of the day, how long? Like I know the pandemic is something we're going to be living with forever, but in terms of the pandemic being shut away and things being closed, how long are we really talking about? Like at max, you could make an argument that things were weird for two years. At maximum, I will I will say, yep, yeah, okay. I will, I will give two the, years. Yeah. Half of the population treated it like nothing was wrong anyways. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. But but for, for, for those of us who knew there was something yeah. wrong and treated it that way, okay, listen, I'm 30, I'm 37 years old. If if two years are enough to throw off my entire life, then that's absolutely ridiculous. Honestly, I'm 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 not a strong person then. I have a lot of weaknesses and things I gotta work on because two years is enough. What about the other, I don't know, 14 years of being an adult? Two years were was these, enough. Were these adults or were these teens? Because I don't know I what they the- were. I can't honestly, Taylor, I can't look at people anymore and know their age. I'm so we're confused. Where everyone's <laughs> younger or older than us. Everyone's ex- everyone's age. just yeah. Everyone to me is in their fifties or twenty two. Like I don't <laughs> I don't have any. I have no sense. When I looked around the room, it looked like it was it wasn't too young of a crowd. Um, it was it, you know it was hard to tell. Um, it's dark. Yeah, yeah, and it's dark and like I didn't even, honestly I didn't even know the theater was packed until after the movie. That's how like little reaction there also was. But, you know, the, that's where the talking, there's not as much laughing moments, you know, and there's more silent moments. And that's where the talking kind of happens. Um, anyway, it bothered me. I, I want to, um, just like one quick funny aside. Uh, do you get Wendy's emails from the screening room? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a screening room subscriber. Listeners, if you aren't subscribed to her emails, even if you don't live in Kingston, she provides wonderful commentary on the goings on in the theater and what people are watching and etc. So I, it's quite a good read. So I can't remember if it was in the newsletter or just on social media, but several, gosh, this might be months now. Um, they were doing, they were showing Twilight, the first Twilight movie. And they, I guess it was very well received it was for the anniversary something crazy like it's been 20 years since twilight's been out is that right it's been no. 20 15? years since twilight maybe 15 no maybe 15. i gotta look that up because i was in high school it could be 20 2008 so oh. 15 yeah it was an anniversary they were showing one of yeah. the twilight must be 15 movies. so i guess they it was so popular it was such a popular uh, screening. They've decided to show the second one. And um, Wendy had to write a little disclaimer that um, apparently the first audiences were quite vocal. They treated it kind of like a, like an audience participation movie. And there were people who were upset. They just wanted to watch the movie. So now um, for New Moon, and I, I think it might've already played at the theater or it's coming up in one of their, their series, but essentially Wendy offered um, an audience participation viewing and then like, yeah, a that's normal, smart. Quiet <laughs> yeah. Viewing. But like, and how did you anticipate that? The, no, you couldn't. You, crazy. you couldn't anticipate that. And if I was going, I don't know why I would, but if I, if I decided to go revisit Twilight, I would be one of those people that would be upset. 
that, that, that people are like screaming and yelling at the screen. Quoting, like, again, again, if you want it, if you want to have those nights, those are great ideas. I've been to one. I've been to one for the room. It was quite the experience. They're fun. They are fun. They're a fun thing to do when you anticipate it, when you know what's coming. I think that Wendy's smart to, to do that. Being Okay. Here's, here's the twilight new moon screening. And then here's the twilight new moon audience participation screening where you can be as loud and boisterous as you want because everyone else is going to be kind of prepared for that. And maybe I'd be the type of person that would be like, okay, I'll go to both. So I can just witness, I might not yell and scream, but I might want to like hear what people say. That might be funny. That might be worth anything. Like if you're going to revisit twilight, I understand why you would do it that way. That was the series that I watched once in a weekend. So it was, you know what uh, I think is just so funny, Mike is I'm just imagining like a an older couple never seen twilight <laughs> have no frame of reference think okay let's just go see this this vampire movie and they show up and there's a bunch of millennials people our age just hooting and hollering and being like what is happening Can yeah it would be pretty upsetting it, like and that having be... no context and that's kind of what i'm talking about that i'm i'm trying one not to do but also i i i think behaving better when you're outside in public looks better on everyone. Like you're, you're, you have to realize that we're in a society where Taylor, most people will do exactly like if they're in that stereo you just described, they'll go home and say millennials suck. Like that's what and they'll do. Rude. They, they'll lump everyone in because we all do it. Everyone does it on every single side of the political spectrum. We all love lumping. I don't know why we just love to do it. So when you're outside, like, I don't know, I try my hardest to just like represent being like a, a an earthling as best I can and just behave the way that, you know, I would look at someone and not be angry at. That's how I try to behave. I'm like, well, I just try to treat everyone with some level of respect for the most part, stick to myself. And I try not to ruin other moments for other people. So, you know, if you wouldn't, to me, if you wouldn't walk up to someone in a restaurant and say what you're eating is disgusting and then leave, then you also shouldn't sit in the movie theater and yell and scream. So just mind your business, watch your movie, go home. And then if you want to go yell and scream, do these things, either have friends nights where you do that or go to these types of screenings that are built for you to talk and have commentary, but don't do it to, to a new movie. Yeah. Weird. Weird that they did that. Also, wait till the guy who's who I'm going to tell the Napoleon story. I can't wait. wait till the guy, you know, the Napoleon's over and then he tries to impress his date. I just think it's also... What were they even talking about? Because it's not a confusing plot. <laughs> you know, it's it was I. You know, it's one of those things where you can't one hundred percent hear what it is because you can just right. you hear talking distance and I think the that muffles. yeah, and I think that bothered me even more. Like I think if knowing what people were saying would be one thing, but even the couple drop. yeah, even the couple behind me, I couldn't quite hear everything they were saying. I think they were just com like making commentary about the differences. Right. In the movie or something like that. happen in the yeah. movie. Yeah, like little things like that. And and like, oh, what? well, okay, there was one thing I did hear because so the lead, Agora Rice is her name. She hasn't been in much, but but I just for whatever reason, I've happened to see her in like four different things. So I know who she is. But I, a lot of other people were trying to figure out who she was. Like there was that running commentary I do remember from people being like, who is she? Like, who is this? Where? What is she? Because she was in the Spider-Man movies, 
So right. I don't know if this crowd necessarily saw all those movies. But also she was younger when she did them. So like she's she was like a preteen for Spider Man is now like a you know, late teen in her twenties. Yeah, she's like an adult now. So you change a lot in that time period. So this I think also you know, adds layers to your original story, Mike. I didn't realize that multiple people were talking. I thought it was like Oh yes. Group. No, no, there was like the couple behind me and then there were a few scattered groups in this middle section that, that were talking. Yeah. See, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an isolated incident, which I think also led to my fury. I just don't talk during the movie. Again, if it's life or death, I'm a little bit like even I'm still there's still a part of me that's like, just don't have a life or death moment in the movie theater. But you can't always <laughs> control leave. that. So yeah, like just get up and leave. Like, but okay, that I would I would understand and I would be annoyed at first, but once I realized it was life or death, I would be like, oh now I understand now I feel bad for thinking that way. Maybe I can help. Okay, fine. But in any other circumstance, honestly, nothing. I could get the worst news other than life or death in my life, Taylor, in a movie theater. I would still keep my mouth shut until that movie was over. Not everyone as diehard as you, though, Mike. You just gotta... But it's... Oh, it doesn't matter. It's not even about the movie. It's not even about the movie. It's, it's the publicness, I think it is. Like, I think... I'm not the type of person who would have a public argument on the middle of a sidewalk in front of a dollar store either. Or if I'm like walking and let's say I'm walking a dog on a sidewalk, I wouldn't stop to let the dog do its business. But when I see someone walking, wait until the person's right beside me and then try to start walking alongside at the same time as them. Yeah, but you're I wouldn't normal. do that either. <laughs> yes. But yeah, but all dog, Taylor, all dog walkers, terrible sidewalk etiquette. Like just wait two more seconds for me to pass you and then go. And then if, if I see groups or I'm, I'm walking in a group, I always like go either in front of or behind the person I'm walking with to create like a line so that people can pass and we can pass as a line. Other people don't do that. I end up I end up on the lawn or on the street trying to avoid groups of people. Walking in mud, the puddles. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, that's, <laughs> yes, yes. Old, old man, blah, blah, blah. But I, I'm not wrong. You're, that's you're the Abe. thing. Shaking my shaking hand your, to the ground. Yes. Yeah, shaking except, your fist yes. into the sky. Except, except I think I'm right. That's, you, that's I 98% good. agree with you. Good. 98's close enough. Um, okay, continuing on with movies. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today because we're finally talking about Napoleon. Spoiler warning, because, well, you brought up earlier Taylor history. Yeah, is um, it a spoiler if it's historical record? Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's, I don't but think I guess, so, but it's up in the air. The the young man that you saw in the movie, probably we should have you should have flagged him down so he could come on and school all our listeners on what was historically I, accurate and not historically accurate. I should have. If I was thinking at the time, I one hundred percent should have been like when when his like date went to the washroom, I should have been like, Hey, listen, I heard you I, trying to impress her. I have a venue. I have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Do you wanna come on and talk about Napoleon? Um yeah, so we're going to talk about Napoleon. We're going to get into spoilers. It's also been out for a while, so we feel like we can do spoilers. Um, but before we get there, big uh, big announcement. The uh, sixth annual Screening in Kingston Oscars pool Ooh, is now live on the website. So you can go to screeninginkingston.com, where you can find us on social media. You can find the links there, Screening in Kingston. Our ballot is open. You can now submit. All you need is a, a, a first name and an email address. That's all you need to do to enter. First name, email address. Then you get to pick 
all the winners and the person with the highest score, of course, will either get to host their own episode of Screening Kingston or the most common uh, one is produce your own episode where you just tell us what to do and we make fools of ourselves. Um, so there you go. Ever had anyone take us up on hosting? No, <laughs> no, actually, I think I think you're right. I don't think. And oh, no, you know what? I think Tyler Vance did come on when he won. Does he count, though? Well, he was a winner. <laughs> He's going to write it angrily. I count. <laughs> I'm important. Does Tyler Vance ever count? I don't know. I would say 50% of the time he does. Um, that's a throwback to a joke. If anyone gets it, you can win a prize. Um, so Oscars pool, it's right there. Screeningkingston.com. Just go to the Oscars pool tab. Uh, the forms right there. Every category is represented. One vote per person, one vote per email. I guess if you had multiple emails, you could sign up multiple times. If you really care that much and have multiple working email addresses. If you care that much, we'll just let you host the show. Yeah, frankly, if you go without that trouble, you can just have a show. Yeah, <laughs> there's no there's no problem there. But there you go. ScreeningKingston.com. You've got until, well, the I think the Oscars are the 10th this year. Oh, that's soon. Of March. Yeah, I think they're right at the beginning now. So I guess considering how March we 10th. record. Yeah, I guess you basically have till March 10th because we will record later that week. So you have till March 10th. There you go. To, to get in your ballots. You can, but isn't you that get them cheating? In the last minute. March 10th well, before the Oscars. Yes, I'm going to close it off at the Oscars time. I'm going to take it off the website when we actually get to the, the Oscars show, which I think starts at 8. I think the pre-show so, starts at 7. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the red carpet starts at 6. There's like a red carpet at 6, a pre-show at 7, and the Oscars at 8. So anyways, just get it in before then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, sometime, yes, before March 10th. Once the red carpet is unfolding. Unrolled. You got to get the ballot in. Hey, didn't they have a gold carpet last year? Are they going back to the red carpet? I was just thinking about that. I think they changed it to a gold carpet as part of their rebranding. So weird. Because I think red means anger, right? Is that is that sure. gold means winners? Because <laughs> we're all that stupid, right? You know, like we're all so dumb that, like, because I think the color blue is supposed to make you want to buy things or something. Like, there's some sort of color schemey thing. I like, I think. Paint your dining rooms blue. Something to really? do with your hunger. Oh. I don't I had, know. Okay. See, I, I agree with and understand like branding things. Oh, certain colors look good together. You want right. to rep- represent certain colors with certain colors for like easy to read. Okay. Totally. That makes that makes sense. There's science behind that. I don't think there's much science behind the, the gold carpet the makes us feel better colors. versus the red. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know about that. But someone well, else, someone correct me. Not to mark with red pen. Because what? of the anger. Like, when you're like, when I was a TA and you would mark, you shouldn't, they were like, don't use red pen. I think every test I've ever had was marked in red. And were you angry looking at your marks? No. Even when they were bad, I was never angry. I didn't care enough. <laughs> I was just accepting, really. There wasn't, there, I never really had that moment in school where I was concerned about marks. I never wanted to embarrass myself. So for presentations and stuff, I always put in a lot of effort because that's like public. But for a test, I'm like, ah, eh, I know it whatever. or I don't know it. Like, whatever. Yeah. 
Fair enough. That's a, that's our screening in Kingston on colors segment. <laughs> um, I don't know what we were talking about. How we even got to this? The topic, the so red carpet, to which is now the gold carpet. It's all oh, right. The gold carpet. <laughs> the gold carpet. No, that's it. Doesn't have the same ring to it. it doesn't have the same ring. Um, okay, there you go. The Oscars pool up and running. I would really love to to break a record for how many people enter this. I'd really love to have a lot of people in at this time. So uh, try to try to get uh, try to get in there, and then you can join our winner's circle, which is listed at the bottom of the page. Our five previous winners are all listed there. This is number six. We've been doing this for six Oscars, Taylor. That's, can you imagine? I mean, we are imagining, we're living that, the fact, but six years have just flown by. Can, can you imagine? <laughs> like we, <laughs> we, we're, we're doing it. Like we're in I, it. We don't have to imagine. I don't have to reality. imagine it. It's right here. We're, we're, <laughs> In the thick of it. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about Napoleon. That's yep. our movie to review today. That's the only thing we did. Um, the only prep we did for this week was you finally watched it. Now, did you end up having to watch it in several small chunks? Because it's a long movie. You know what? Miraculously, George slept for the whole movie. I watched he it in one He slept through Napoleon. He slept through <laughs> Napoleon. We've wow. gone down to one nap. We're trying quote-unquote trying because with a baby you never know what's going to happen we're trying to do one nap a day because he's at daycare now so i just let him sleep the whole time i was watching the movie so i may be able to watch movies in bigger chunks now we'll see <laughs> we'll see but yeah strangely i watched that it's what it's almost three hours it's just shy almost of three hours yeah. i think yeah um i made it through oh, it was yeah i i i don't know should, should we just dive into the review? Do you want to open well, with the funny story? Yeah, I want to open with the funny story. Let me open okay. with the funny story. Let me talk about that. Um, so at the end of Napoleon, as I'm leaving, I, you know, a couple people are filing out. This was VIP, of course. Uh, yeah. So, you know, everyone finishes their dinner and then heads out. And uh, there was a couple ahead of me who were walking out probably university aged maybe a little older again we just talked about it i have no idea about ages not 50 definitely not 50 but not 50 it felt like it felt like a date maybe early on you could kind of tell by like the politeness of how people are talking to each other (laughs) so he um the thing that he said that i thought was really funny was there so they're kind of talking about the movie and she's like oh what did you think and he was like well i mean it was a pretty good propaganda piece. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, like, what do you mean? Uh, and then he said, uh, then he said, well, I mean, you know, if you, you know, British people obviously made this film, they portrayed him as a bumbling idiot, which is the only kind of version we got. I would have liked to have seen a more, a more clear approach of this person, just a blank slate. And then as, uh, as the audience, we, can put what we want onto Napoleon. Yeah, like that makes for a good movie. <laughs> yeah, and also like that makes any sense at all. You're telling me you don't want to have a defined character? He just he wants to be able to project the Napoleon he knows and loves. <laughs> yeah, like he must be a Napoleon fan, right? Because that's the like the thing about Napoleon, like even the height thing. Oh, there's been a lot about Napoleon that is because of propaganda, but I think it's really funny that he must be like a Napoleon fanboy like it does that exist like i, I don't know much does. about like do, do, do people do history people uh, t- you, you have academic friends do history people like 
grab on to certain figures and like they become fans of them? Not okay. So <laughs> I'm going to say some controversial things. So I think the type of people who latch on to like a specific person, like Napoleon, for instance, they're not academics. They're like, um, they're like hobbyists. So like they they would see of, the Snyder cut. Of, yeah, uh, like they they read Justice mainstream. <laughs> they read mainstream biographies. You know what I mean? They might do right. a deep dive on Wikipedia. They like are self styled experts because if you're working in history now as a an academic field, we're moving away from these are called like the great man school of history where like in the past historians would like research a, a quote unquote great man like Napoleon, you know what I mean? And like he, Napoleon shaped history through all of the things that he's done. Now, um, it, like what people need to understand is that in history, like every, everything else, there's there's trends in how research is conducted, right? So right. we're moving away from the great man theory and there's a greater emphasis on like social and cultural history. So like it's not a single individual who like moves and shapes history. So all that to be said, if he was like an actual academic, he probably wouldn't have said that like douchey thing to that. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what I was thinking. It kind of did sound a little douchey. Like that was just my feeling of it. Again, like I'm getting a snippet of this conversation. So who knows what led to it, but I, that's what I was thinking. I, I couldn't help but smile. So yeah, like, wow, like, silly. what a silly <laughs> comment. Now, again, I think, like, in my mind, and we can kind of transition into to talking about the movie, in, in part of what, part of my criticism of the movie was that I, I could, I guess, boil it down to saying, like, it was a propaganda piece. But he, I do think Napoleon the way he was portrayed was still very negative, bumbling, foolish, ridiculous, and sometimes over the top. And I don't know if that's Joaquin Phoenix or the writing or what have you, but there were several moments in this movie that I didn't like because I thought it was tonally different than something I just saw five seconds ago. Like to me, the tone of the movie, especially, and I think more so the tone of Napoleon, was my was my problem like the character napoleon and i loved how joaquin played it, I thought, it was, <laughs> okay. I, I thought it was great like to me his performance was the highlight of the movie i personally don't know about a lot about napoleon i think the last time no, I neither do about, i i think the last time i learned about napoleon was like grade 12 history like it it's it's not an era of history that i'm familiar with nor do i am i particularly interested so I went in with, to me, Napoleon was a blank slate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't really know anything about his personality other than like, you know, the, the quote unquote Napoleon complex, you know, like yes, big ego and a little body type thing, yeah. which is propaganda because Napoleon which was is normal, normal height. He was relatively normal height. Yes. Yeah, for the time, <laughs> like relatively, for the time yes, period. Yeah, um, yeah. So like I went in like not knowing, like, I'm like, okay, I know he's like a great military leader. I, I you know, I know at one time he was the ruler of France. That was about it. Mm -hmm. um, I did know that he had a great love story, I guess you could say, with um, 
Josephine, his wife. Like I knew, had no idea that they had to forcibly divorce. Yeah, um, that, I didn't know any of that. I yeah. actually didn't. I I thought that story was more, or like the my idea of what that love story was was more like a, of a romance as opposed to sort of like heated passion followed by like forced divorce like it was yeah. very it was not what i was expecting at all like oh this is not a fairy uh fairy tale romance um i will say that yeah i loved i loved how Joaquin played it i think it was interesting that he played like the comedic foil and everyone else played the straight man yeah um, he was he was very comedic which i wasn't expecting and again i don't have a problem with that approach my issue was i felt like it was inconsistent like there were too many of those moments where he came remember that scene where he comes the people are chasing him and he comes running out and they close the door and they're like he's they're trying to kill me and it was trying to kill me yeah i love that i thought it was one of the best scenes of the movie i'm i (laughs) sounds like he did i guess for me i was like that's now we're going cartoony so now we're now we're a cartoon and then over here we're a serious melodrama and then over here we're a historic epic and then now we're back to straight up comedy and now it's a little slapsticky like and it was really napoleon it wasn't necessarily the movie it was that performance which i guess spoke really well to you yeah i'm less high on it honestly i was so so on his performance i think ridley scott was trying to like poke fun of that great man narrative like probably we idolize these military leaders and these political figures or you know today rock stars and like typically they're just buffoons that happen to be buffoons that yeah that that have something something big happens in history that they become memorable for and they're probably part of it but they're not necessarily the only part of it which i think is what we're trying to to minimize his military prowess i think like he probably was like a great military mind. Again, I don't study military history, so I, I don't know. And I, I don't really care. Um, I hear what you're saying. Like it, for me, it worked, but I definitely understand. And audiences are very divided. Like when you read reviews, um, it seems to be like, just like straight down the middle. Like 50, I know. 50. And Taylor, this is one of those movies that I've never really seen this happen where it was all hype for a long time followed by like nothing. a real nothing like m- murmur people are like oh napoleon like just sort of mumbling about the movie and then and then the topics kind of picked up again because it didn't get a lot of awards attention but i, I just think it would well as a as a journey of a movie it's fascinating because i do think the dividedness is really interesting um and yeah i mean i can see I can appreciate parts of the movie for what it was in terms of like, just focusing like where we are right now, focusing just on his performance. Yeah. Like I, I guess you could look at that and, and praise him for going all out. Like Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. Absolutely. So I don't even he think was committed. my problems. Oh, 100%. I don't think my problems are with him. I just, I think Ridley Scott Ridley is a Scott hit or miss director. Hit, hit and miss. He's not, I don't think he's great. I think he's okay. You probably think he should have either reined in uh, the performance or like done, like made it more totally consistent. Like yeah, tone, the other actors also should have been. Something, yes. Uh, yes, because the other actors were in a historic Period drama. piece. 
<laughs> yeah, like that's what they were. I think in a, in the hands of a better director, this movie would have been different. Because Ridley Scott, to me, is hit and miss. I remember seeing, when I went to see The Martian years ago that he directed, I remember even then, before I even started to dissect movies to the level that I do now, even then I remember thinking, Ridley Scott, he's been had a lot of stinkers recently. Like, I'm pretty sure he had three or four movies in a row that just But sucked. you liked Martian, right? Oh, I love them. That's what I'm saying. Like, The yeah. Martian was like, right. oh, okay, he's back. Ridley You're Scott like, oh, of the all 80s these is back. And then this one yes. was great. And then that one was really good. And I find Ridley Scott is hit or miss. Where he's I just, a... he's not an epic, he's not an epic director as far as I'm concerned. Where you just know, oh, there's going to be a clear vision here. He's not a director I follow. He did Gladiator, right? Yeah, Gladiator was him. Which and then he had good. like a good, he had a good run in the 80s because he did some of the alien movies. Right. Um, so like his, most of the movies that he's well known for are from quite a long time ago. Like Gladiator was the year 2000, but Alien I think he did Blade Runner. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he did Blade sure. Runner. Yeah, okay. So th- those movies are like 80s hits. And so then he, he did a bunch of um he did a bunch of those alien kind of remake movies that were all kind of hit or miss. And that's why I said like Prometheus was, was kind of strange and on a rewatch I like it a little bit more, but I remember not liking that in the theaters and then Alien, whichever one he did, he did one of the other ones was kind of the same thing where it's like it's okay, but it's not it's not great. Um, I think he does well when the material's fantastic. And I do think Napoleon, to me, the movie overall lacked a little bit of focus. And a lot of it was in this. I have a lot of criticisms to say about the look of the movie too. But in terms of just this character and focusing on Joaquin Phoenix, I think if you, for me, I would have wanted them to exactly what you're saying, rein in the concept a little bit more, be a little bit more consistent with it, be a little bit clearer about what you want to do. And give Joaquin Phoenix a little bit more direction and less clear runway, because he was, uh, you know, when when he commits, he commits, and he was all to me, he was all over the place. I I should clarify. Longtime listeners of the show will know that I'm a Joaquin Phoenix fan girl, so nine times out of ten, I'm going to say his performance is flawless. <laughs> I just love him. I don't even know. I don't know if I've ever criticized one of his performances of a movie I've seen. But um, so there's that. There's that added clarification so you know take my he's opinion great. a grain of salt yeah um, he's a great actor the other thing i will say is that this type of movie definitely isn't my preferred genre so there is a lot of um like really epic battle scenes which mm. like just don't really do it for me like that's not i'm not into like military historic like historic movies um, I don't really care about like geopolitics. Yeah. <laughs> like it, 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 the movie was definitely graphic at times too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the it opens with a um uh the horse, right? Like, yes, so, the horse. You know, like yeah. um, you know, people who are sensitive to animal. I wouldn't go so far as to say animal cruelty because it's like it wasn't like willful torture, horse. but like a horse <laughs> no. does get no. injured. Um, pretty graphically um, in a battle scene and it might even happen like later on again um what i will say is the things that i personally found most interesting about the movie was the relationship between him and josephine which is historically inaccurate in a lot of places i went on a wikipedia afterwards and there uh i don't know if Ridley scott wrote the movie but there definitely was some historical liberties and i would have been quite content watching a movie just about their relationship because it was yeah. quite interesting 
in the movie and also in real life. I wonder how accurate those letters were. Like, were those for Batum? Like, did they apparently he wrote off those letters? Apparently, he wrote like these gushing, gushing. He was totally obsessed with her. Yeah, he didn't really care about him and would not respond to his letters. And it was only later on that she like fell in love with him. And been there, um, buddy. (laughs) Those unanswered text messages. That's the thing. Very relatable. The yeah. point. That's, that um, would have been that era's ghosting, right? Like, yeah, she was been, just like, but they were already married at that point. She just like, which is funny in my letters. opinion. Like, that's pretty hilarious. So, like that, like there is humor in that story, right? Like this, like he's the greatest man allegedly of his time, and his wife won't respond to his letters. So, like, I think they could have played it like a historic dramedy about their relationship because mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix and the woman who plays Josephine—I'm not sure her name. I didn't, uh, Vanessa I, Kirby. I don't recognize her. Um, no? Had oh, she, fantastic chemistry. She was in The Crown. I didn't watch The Crown. Um, oh, what a, okay. Well, I guess she, <laughs> I'm like she's the only like, person on planet Earth who hasn't seen The she's Crown. She's been in the Mission Impossible movies recently. I haven't seen, um, haven't seen she had a She had a pretty epic run of a couple like smaller independent films that she got a lot of critical acclaim for. Like she was nominated for an Oscar for Pieces of a Woman, I think. That was the movie she did with the the crazy guy, um, Shia LaBeouf, right? Um, and I'm pretty sure she got nominated for for her performance. She was very good in the movie. I they had great chemistry, the two of them. Yeah, no, I I think she's very good. Um, and I think the two of them, 100, you know, were were the best parts of the movie. Um, I don't really have anything negative to say about her performance or even just like the performances in general, it was more just that, that tone switching that right. I just don't think. It was like they were in different me. movies sometimes. Yeah. And, and to me that, that, that's a, we always talk about on the show, what, what is a director's fault and what does a director do and whatever? Well, to me, the number one responsibility of a director before anything else is to get a good performance out of their actors. For so sure. if, if there's tonal inconsistencies, if people feel like they're not in the same place, if they're not kind of, down into sort of the same movie in the same world well to me that's the fault of a director like you have to that's your your first responsibility before anything else is to do that so that's kind of where the criticism is there um in terms of the look of the movie i I did want to talk about this (laughs) yeah because i i really didn't like the look of this movie i i honestly thought this was one of the ugliest movies i've seen um and this is interesting, I, Mike, because I went into the movie knowing you thought it was ugly. So I'm like, yeah. you know, watching. To be fair, <laughs> I watched this on my phone. So you saw this in theaters, right? Yes. I saw very a big screen. Biggest screen you can see it on. Yeah. Very different viewing experiences. Yes. And I just found the movie to be ugly. And like, okay, so I like movies that are like lived in and feel a part of the world, which I definitely think there were moments of this but there were too many set pieces and scenes where i felt like it was just lit blandly and it was just like we're just gonna throw a bunch of cold white light on this and it doesn't look it just doesn't look good like it looks flat it looks too too realistic and too real life and not not cinematic enough and there were too many of those yes and there were just too many of those moments where i just didn't I didn't like the look of the movie. And there were some moments, like there were moments in the battlefield. There were certain moments where they were kind of outside 
and in kind of different locations. I don't know if they did shooting on location. I don't know how much was practical and how much wasn't. But I think there were still moments that looked nice, but there were just too many that I felt, no, I just, I, I cannot, I can't do this. I just feel like it's ugly. It's too flat and it, there's not enough cinematicness to the lighting and the look and the feel of it. Interestingly, I didn't have that critique. I don't, I guess I was just neutral towards it. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, is the cinematography not going to be very good? Like, I will say that there's some interesting CGI, as always. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought, like, let's, we can do practical effects for battle scenes. We've been doing it for the history of movies. Why are we continuing to rely on crappy CGI? Um, I will say, I guess your critique of, like, the lighting, like, you know how it, sometimes it feels like... Um, I don't know all the the technical stuff that goes into lighting, but it almost feels like the later Harry Potter movies where it feels like you're kind of watching it with like a film over. Yeah. The later Harry Potter movies are a great example of terrible, terrible lighting decisions. Horrible. Idiots. Too much like saturation or too much filters. Like it's dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's dark. So like, I feel like for this movie, I guess, the best way for me to describe it was that things felt muted. Is that kind of the, what you're describing? Yeah, yeah, definitely muted would be a way. Like when I say flat, I definitely mean like you've taken the brightness or the color or the, the sense of warmth out of it, right. which sometimes makes sense. Like if you're doing a movie where, well, it's not supposed, you're not supposed to feel warm and light and happy. Fine. You can do fantastic deep, dungeon prison scenes that still look and feel good and have this like cinematic quality to it this movie to me felt like well we're just going to put some lights up and point it which means we're not emphasizing color we're just putting flat lights and i don't know if you know taylor like so in your house right now you probably have more warm lights than cool lights but if your light is like yellow coming off of like i don't know whatever your lamp is it's a warm light but if it's if it's white it's a cold light and so you can light scenes like in theater and stuff by using different combinations of light. Oh, we want to use cold for these types of things. We want to use warm. This felt like it's like, let's throw all the cold light on, which is ugly light. It's the same thing that would be harsh. in like uh, office light. Yeah, like really harsh, not, no one looks good in it. It all it doesn't make you feel good. Whereas warm light kind of can make you feel at home and make you feel peace. And a lot of people have that in their homes. So I just felt like this movie for this long tangent about light was just, we're just going to point some lights here and we'll see some shadows and whatever and it's something like an properly lit. Yeah, and it just didn't look good. And it wasn't every moment, but it was a lot of stuff when they were in the castles, a lot of stuff between the two of them, especially at like the wedding and then the divorce ceremony and all these things where I'm just like, this looks ugly. Like it's not, it's just ugly. I do find that it's, um, it's, I feel like more and more movies are not like, I don't know if they're taking shortcuts with the lighting or cause like, I don't, I didn't get the sense that it was necessary. It's not always what I'm trying to say is uh, I don't think that it's always the director's vision for the movies to look the way they look now. Does that make sense? Because like, I think a lot of streaming movies and uh, this is an Apple plus movie 
Um, and I think it happens a lot on Netflix where Netflix movies are pretty ugly. And I think like, okay, the are the directors just not giving but like lighting budgets? You know what I'm trying to say, Mike? Like, was that a Ridley Scott decision or was this like the limitations of the production? Like I would think I would think that they wouldn't have too many limitations only because it was a relatively big budget movie elsewhere. I mean, yeah, look at the sets million. they built. Look at everything they did. So I just feel like maybe it's not the emphasis or it was a conscious choice that just didn't fit with me. Like, and that's like fine. Like, I'm not saying that I'm right in any of the things that I say when I criticize a movie. All I'm saying is for me, it just didn't work. And it's not, it just didn't appeal to me and something about it just stuck out in a negative way. It could have been just a conscious choice. We're going to light things really flat because in the era, aside from candlelight, you're really working with the sun, um, which can give, I mean, direct sunlight is more warm, but indirect sunlight is more cold. So I, I could see in a city, lots of stone, you're going to have white light. It's going to kind of look that way. That's fine. It just, to me, lends an ugliness. I guess I just want my movies to look good because it's not real life. Especially it's historic. It's a historical epic. That's what you kind of ex lush, rich, saturated colors is what I expect from a historical epic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that some of it worked and some of it just didn't for me where there's historic, a, a interesting comparison, not a good comparison, but an interesting comparison of the movie we made you watch or I made you watch was the Patriot. Right. Which felt like a cinematic movie also set in a bygone era, also a period piece, but, but had those moments of warm and when they wanted to be cold or dark or dramatic, they were able to still do it. But it felt like you were watching a cinematic thing, like a movie. Napoleon at times felt like I, I don't I don't even know. Like it just didn't feel like I was watching a cinematic masterpiece, which is maybe probably one of the reasons why it was not nominated for anything, because it just wasn't a masterpiece. I'm just surprised it was nominated for like production design when I just didn't think the movie overall looked great like i just didn't think that's one of its selling features to me i thought um the sets were great i thought the costuming and makeup were great um yeah so like i don't know like production design includes sets does it not yeah production time design would basically be everything like sets overall right. looking because they have a costuming category so for production design they are more focusing on sets and what the overall look of the the and design of the movie is, yeah. So I don't. Know, I thought the movie, aside from the the um the feel, I guess you could say of the movie, like I thought the costuming and the sets and everything were great. Like in my opinion, I I think it has been nominated for best costumes as a nod for the Oscars. I don't have it in front of me, but you might be right. That so it was that to for me, production and costumes. Yeah, that to me makes a lot of sense. But I hear you. I think, yeah, it's. I I think just. I feel it's a trend of movies just becoming like ugly. <laughs> for a you might be right. That's like that's why I guess I'm not like as hard on as on it as you because I'm like yeah most movies are ugly now. <laughs> so so it was not nominated for makeup and hair. Um, okay. And it was, so that's what it was. I'm just looking at it right now. So it wasn't nominated for that. 
and it was nominated for the it was nominated for two i think two oscars and it was nominated for visual effects as one uh and production design as the other not costuming you know i can't find the costuming thing it's got to be around here so oh there it is uh costuming yes it was also nominated for costuming okay because that's for me um when they're relatively i mean i'm again i'm not a historical expert in this time period but those costumes seemed pretty period accurate to me so i think that's like a shoe in for an oscar nomination unless it's yeah. a year where yeah. la la land weirdly wins best costumes I mean, it, yeah, right now for costumes, it's up against Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, and Oppenheimer. So Oppenheimer would be the La La Land because they're just wearing clothing. Um, <laughs> and the rest of them, though, like, I don't know, that would be tough because I do think Poor Things is also kind of like a weird high concept movie. So the costuming in that might get some attention. And the Barbie costuming was like very iconic to Barbie That's dolls. True. Yeah. So that movie looks might also, good. Yeah, that might also Barbie might have a chance there. Yeah, so it's that's that's a tough one because it might it might just be in a situation where um it's up against too many uh too many other options. So by all by and large, or in summary, I guess you could say, I thought this movie was fine. It was fine for me. Like did the three hours fly by? Not necessarily, but, you know, it was fine. It was a little bit boring. I'm not really interested in those great battle scenes. Um, interestingly, yeah. I think it's received a lot of praise for the battle scenes. Um, it has, yeah. Um, and so, like, if that's your your bag, then you might enjoy this. But then on the flip side, um, if you're really into that military history, you might be upset with how they portrayed Napoleon. So, like, I don't know, like, it's one of these movies where it's like, who's this movie for? If you're, like, a military junkie yeah. and you're going in for the military stuff, but then you have this weird caricature of Napoleon, or if you're like me, you like really interesting character pieces, and then you get a bunch of these boring military scenes. Like, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it is a long, like, for even for the piece. things you're saying you're interested in, it's a long, drawn-out movie to get you yeah. the things that you liked out of it. Which exactly. I like. I can really understand why this is a divisive movie and why people are just sort of grumbling about it because I just don't think it's. I don't think it's good enough to debate too much about the movie, but it's not bad enough to like hate on it. Like it's, it's just sort of fine and forgettable. Yeah, I just I didn't. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, the movie just didn't resonate with me. I came out of the theater thinking like that was kind of weird, and I'm not like 100 percent on board for it. And I just sort of felt not much about it other than that. Like it was just, uh, yeah, it was just just a movie. Um, Taylor, what would you what would you rate Napoleon? It was a stream <laughs> it for me. Stream it, okay. Yeah, I I gotta give it a skip it. Wow. I think like I do think the performances are good, and I don't want to take anything away from good performances, but I just don't know if there was anything else in this movie that one would ever make me want to revisit it again. Or to make it memorable for me. Like, I think to me, it's like, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is a good actor. I've known that for a long time. Vanessa Kirby, I also think is a really good actor. Great. Like, that's that's it. Like, I just don't, I, I have to give it a skip. But I would give it an airplane, it, but this is too long for an airplane. It's like, too where long are you going? for an airplane. Unless you're where, are you, where are you going? 
You're going <laughs> yeah, to like, I guess so. Yeah, you're going to check out the this is a good Napoleon. Movie to watch yes, here. you're you're taking your date after that movie to go see the Napoleon. Uh, whatever, whatever. Do they have Napoleon stuff somewhere? So there must be I'm a sure they have Napoleon stuff over there. Yeah, I wish I'd said something to that guy. That would have been uh, that would have been funny. Sir, uh, please come on our podcast. Tell us what you mean. Yeah, what are you talking? <laughs> what are your about? credentials? Yeah, I think it's really funny. Uh, oh, you work at you a bank nine it. to five, but you're in Napoleon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you, you made me rethink all of it. I honestly thought like, oh, he studies Napoleon or something. But now the way you said that, I'm like, oh, I'm rethinking. It. You know it, how? It so okay, so sense. like again, I I'm saying this like, and I mean absolutely no shade. I think people can have interests without having a PhD in it. But 100%. Like, I have lots of hobbies. Yeah. You know that meme where it, it was going around a couple weeks ago? A Amer- uh, boy, like men, all they think about is the Roman Empire. It's like, what do you think? Yeah, about which I completely disagree with it. I completely disagree with that. I've never <laughs> once thought about the Roman Empire. But yeah. This is that is it's akin to that. You know, guys who spend their free time researching the Roman Empire. They have a normal nine to five, but they spend a lot of time thinking about the Roman Empire. That the Roman Empire for that guy is Napoleon. Go, you know what I say to those guys? Go, go direct a musical or something. You'll never think again. You don't have you don't have any time to think. You know what empire I think about way more than the Roman Empire? The Klingon Empire. No, the Klingon Empire. <laughs> I think I think about the political structure of the Klingon Empire more so yeah. than I think about the political structure of Canada. That's what you would say to your date. After you saw the movie about the Klingon Empire, you'd say, I, well, babe. I don't, I never, I never, ever would ever take a date to see a Star Trek movie. One, and I wouldn't you put would her be through that. that. And two, I wouldn't put me through that. Oh, I'm, all, I'm more concerned about me. I'm more concerned about me. Because, like, I don't want to hear whatever your opinions are about Star Trek. I, like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I'm so not interested. And I and I would I'm sure I would ask because I'm a polite person, but then I would judge her for the rest of the time I knew her based on her opinions of Star Trek. So no, I don't even do that, Taylor. I I don't even. It took me a lot just to bring like friends to see the the new Star Trek movies when they came out. So I, I usually I go alone. There you go. So it's, <laughs> I'm not uh, crazy, everyone. I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I feel like this episode was me just trying to like justify my existence. <laughs> um anyway there you go that's our napoleon conversation uh yeah. there you go don't forget oscars pool launched on the website now screening kingston.com go check it out sign up for our oscars pool you've got a couple weeks we'll talk about it each week and uh yeah we'll uh we'll see who wins this year go see some movies <laughs>